Hey everybody, this is Josh Ronquist here for the Heavy Debriefings Podcast, episode 20. Ooh. As we enter into the holiday season officially, again, this is Josh Ronquist along with someone who listens to everything from Dolly Parton to Agatha Daimon. <laughs> It is the Metal Fairy. That's a great one. We can almost drink. Our podcast can almost drink. <laughs> and in a few more episodes, it can legally rent a car. Exactly. How messed up is that that <laughs> that comes before that? I know. <laughs> but regardless, uh, you just came home about 20 minutes ago. Right about. Right about. And uh, it's good to see you. Good, it's to, good see to see you, see too. You. Um, in the light of uh, having no news, well, one thing that we'll probably touch on. Yeah. But um, how are you doing, actually? I am hanging in here. I'm a little tuckered out, um, but I got some sleep over the weekend. Um, it's the, the, as I mentioned in one of the previous podcasts recently. There's been some changes on my end and in a certain area of my life that I'm not going to get into detail on. But you know, still kind of dealing with those changes and kind of you know seeing how things go, weighing things day by day. So with that, I mean, it's been around a week mm -hmm. since it officially started with new changes. Yeah. How how are you feeling about them? Um. I mean, it's a mixed bag of emotions because there's good and bad that comes with things sometimes. And, you know, the, the bad things can weigh you down. But at the same time, I'm trying to be positive, trying to think about what good could happen and trying, trying to be positive. But of course, the anxiety tears you down sometimes. <laughs> Do you feel more anxious now or less? Uh, I, somewhere in between, I would say. I mean, this week was being a holiday week. It's a little different, you know, so I'm still not sure of like oh, what things will be from here on out. But I'm somewhere in between as of right now that may change may fluctuate but we'll see where it goes well i've definitely noticed some negative changes that have happened and some positive changes that have happened yeah and i'm just hoping going forward into next year it does end up being a more positive experience than negative yeah because you've really been through the ringer over the last couple <laughs> years and i know it's taken a huge toll on your mental health yeah and yeah. i really hope things going in the right direction might be able to help right the ship yeah it's been a roller coaster ride but how are you doing I am still in a pit of my own hell. Yeah. Um, I've had a, a rough weekend, but I've been trying to counterbalance it with a lot of work. You have been very busy. Uh, since Friday morning, I have been working on my top 100 albums of 2023. Mm -hmm. Even though I've had the list done for quite a bit of time. Yeah. I made the video version, which will be up here on YouTube if you're checking out the YouTube version. And that took a long time. I mean. Oh, yeah. It was. I mean, I got a little bit of sleep. I took a little bit of breaks but really it took about 20 hours yeah. to get all of it done well going over 100 albums <laughs> it could take some time <laughs> yeah and then last night after my sleep schedule completely shifted and you woke me up with some news that we'll be talking about later in the show mm -hmm. a cult of personality if you will yes i came up with the brilliant idea of hey <laughs> why don't i try to get more people to check this out yeah the top 100 of 20 23 and i made every single album review that i already did under a minute yeah some of them were over three minutes long mm -hmm. that i narrowed down to a minute yeah and i decided to keep all 100 clips of the new style and i'm going to be putting them up as youtube shorts nice some more people will check them out and i am heavily debating putting it up on tiktok as well yeah i don't currently have a tiktok but i figure with 11 vi or 100 videos <laughs> 
it, it might be a good way to be able to start off. Yeah, like I, I am a TikTok user because I am just like that. Um, I haven't seen anything like that out there, like people doing reviews on there. But then again, I could be like just being brought to a completely different side of TikTok based on what I viewed in the past. <laughs> well, I mean, you mainly look at animals on there, so I that is a, that is a trunk of what I watch. You know, cute animals, but um, you know, hot sweaty men. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's it. <laughs> but um, even if it's not out there, I mean. And hey, you could be the trailblazer. I could. And I thought about it, and I'm actually going to be doing the same thing for the weekly reviews that I'll be starting in January. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I still might wait a, a week or two into January to start all that up. That way I have enough albums. Yeah. But I like the idea of doing the YouTube shorts version of it as well, and then potentially putting those up on TikTok as well. And then, like, all of it together on YouTube as mm -hmm. well as a normal video. Yeah. So trying to get, like, three different ways of doing it through one video yeah which you know works smarter not harder exactly exactly <laughs> and i mean we know people's attention spans are getting smaller and smaller so hey this could be a good thing well i also want to keep people who have the long attention spans going oh, as true. well but yeah. i want to market to the small ones as well exactly. that way having the cake and eating it as well exactly but as soon as i was done with everything i came to the realization that i did 750 album reviews this year yeah. Uh, because you take the 350 albums that I did <laughs> for the top 10 albums of every year I've been alive. Yep. You take the 100 albums from January to October for the top 10 of the month. Yep. You take another 100 albums that <laughs> I did in YouTube version and uh, potentially YouTube short and TikTok. Mm -hmm. You take the 100 written reviews as well. Yes. And also another 100 for the written reviews of the top 10 of the month. <laughs> and all of that combined equals out to seven. 750. Oh, you did quite a bit. Yeah, I'm completely out of my mind. Why don't I just do another 250 and go for an even thousand before the end you of the year? You should, you should. Let's no, make that happen. Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, all of that was to uh, battle the mental demons that are going through my head right yes, now. Yes, yes. And, uh, unfortunately, today is a very hard day for me as yeah. a family member is, uh, celebrating her birthday today. Mm, yeah. Um, I got reminded of it from the only member of my family that I still talk to. Yeah. Uh, uh, talk about the pictures and all that stuff. And I understand why. Yeah, of course. it's just hard. It's still hard. Yeah, so totally understand. I've been looking forward to talking to you and yeah. uh, having you home and uh, being able to do the show. One good thing, though, that did happen for us is we got an early Christmas present. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, thanks to Black Friday, Christmas, and the way that I also look at it as well, uh, being done with the uh, county coming here here every month to do wellness checks on me yes <laughs> is we got ourselves a little arcade one-up countercade yes now anyone who remembers one of the first podcasts that we did together mm -hmm. we were gonna get a simpsons arcade one-up we were but then oh. we totally got scammed we were so foolish thankfully we got our money back yes but still did. yeah but this one was actually legitimate yes we got ourselves the mortal kombat 2 countercade which features mortal kombat one, two, three, and ultimate three. Yes. 
What have you thought of it so far? It's adorable. I mean, it looks exactly like an arcade, just a fourth of the size, I believe. Um, It's really great visuals for this the size and what you would expect out of a countercade this small but i think it's fun i think it's fun like you know i know some people say it's too small to be comfortable playing and stuff like that but we've had no issues and i think it's just about finding the right position and stuff and i i love it and of course we love battling mortal Kombat. oh yeah i mean that's one of my favorite memories that we ever had was uh back at our old place yes um close to us a couple miles away there's a local game store yeah and they have a full-size mortal Kombat 2 arcade there yeah and we played it the first time we ever went in there we did and it was so much fun of course you always play as sub-zero yes my uh, favorite what is it about sub-zero to you he's just the best i mean he's he's a handsome fella first of all um but i just i love that he can like freeze people and shoot ice and stuff like that that's just so cool to me so minnesotan it, it is it is yeah <laughs> of course there's several different versions and people who have played sub-zero over the years well sure sure um, and you're favorite is well from the early days it's it's always been jacks yeah i i love the fact that uh he just goes from like this uh, normal boxer type to uh losing his arms and having them become metallic arms yes. and you know <laughs> just like he can punch through anything i love doing the punches and the kicks and everything and yeah i mean every time that we play i mean i try to change things up a bit but you always play a sub-zero yeah and i almost always start off with jacks mm-hmm. uh, potentially at some point after we get sick of just having the four games on there yeah i know there's ways to be able to hack it and do stuff like that i'm hesitant about it but (laughs) i know you are but i think it could be something that's really cool as well maybe Uh, i'm not sold on it but it it might be something that could happen in Mm -hmm. the future but right now we got the four games on there it's still a lot of fun exactly and it's actually uh gonna be right in between both of our office setups it is and it's actually showed up um from part four onward in the top 100 albums of 2023 because uh, between episodes three and four it showed up it did (laughs) and i was so happy to be able to put that together of course the best thing about it was you didn't really have to put anything together you just had to take it out and plug it in yeah which is so great exactly no ikea with this yes and that would have been the thing that really sucked if we did get the simpsons one-up arcade is we would have had to assemble everything (laughs) ourselves but yeah I'm, i'm having a lot of fun with that and you know some people say uh, of course you mentioned as well you know it's like it's too small or mm-hmm. other things like that but you know you really do get everything that you see in front of you I mean they're not mm-hmm. lying to you they're not misleading no. you with no. what it is unlike a certain individual that we talked about last week who <laughs> made it seem like he was making a major change in his life yes but yes. nope it turned out to be a marketing ploy yes of course we are talking about Martha Stewart's best friend Snoop Dogg of course last Last week he or the week before he had announced that he was going to quit smoking well he was but not in the way that we thought he was he said he was going to quit smoke yes sorry he's going to quit smoke what this ends up being is a marketing ploy he is representing solo stove which was is one of those smokeless outdoor stoves and it has nothing to do with him smoking. It's just the stove. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> no, no, no. It's If it's smokeless, he's done with smoke. Exactly, exactly. No, he's a liar. Yeah, we all thought he gave up on the green in some way, shape, or form. And I've seen so many different conspiracy theories that dealt with that. Until the news officially came out that it was just a marketing ploy for he, this. He's actually doing it for a different type of green. Yes. <laughs> oh, we got fooled. We got fooled. We got fooled. I wonder what Martha thinks of it. She probably thought it was genius. 
is. That is true. That is, she's a crafty lady. And a felon. Okay, so a little programming note as we're going to be entering the holiday season mm-hmm. uh, from here all the way to New Year's Eve, actually. And yeah. that'll be the last day of the year and the last episode of the podcast for 2023. Yes. We're doing a little bit of a programming shift mm-hmm. as well as we're going to be talking a lot about music. Yes. As you noticed last week, we covered Despel's top 40 albums of 2023. We did. And this week, we're going to be covering a different top list of yes. 2023. Yes. We might be continuing that on, might be including some of the YouTube stuff that we watch. Maybe. Other people that uh, we check out as well. Maybe other publications. We'll see. Yeah. But along with that, we decided to cut back on other kinds of music stuff mm-hmm. and cutting out my favorite part of the show, <laughs> at least for the rest of the year. Yes. Uh, the musical roulette, three random songs. Yes. It, it just would have felt like too much yeah. in one direction and just wanted to keep this more well balanced. Totally get it. Might bring it back next year. We might not. We'll we might come happens. up with something different. But yeah, we're just going from here and uh, we're going to be like after we do the news segments or mental health check-ins, depending on how the news goes, we're just going to go smack dab into our main part, which you, of course, have been taking over the main parts of the show this week I since have. September. I have. And, just, and November into December is no different. Yeah, so we're getting into some holiday content now. And today we're going to be talking about our favorite holiday movies. So what were your uh, thoughts going into this? Well, there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many different things that people say about Christmas and like what constitute as a Christmas movie, what constitute as a holiday movie. Yeah. So many different things. Yeah. But I just go, I just went into what I enjoy the most. Yeah. Some of them are pure Christmas holiday movies. Some of them mm-hmm. are adjacent to holiday stuff. Yeah. But you'll see how it goes here. And I imagine uh, yours has a lot of blood-filled stuff going on with it <laughs> some, in some way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, some of them do, for sure. Yeah, I mean, a majority of mine are Christmas-related in some way, shape, or form. When I really thought about it, I couldn't really even think of many holiday movies that weren't Christmas. So, <laughs> so it is what it is. It is what it is. But um, I have quite a few. I have quite a few. I'm sure some of ours will match up. But So are we doing... Uh, well, I have 10. Okay, I have more than 10. All right, so do you want to do honorable mentions first or last? Uh, Whatever you want. I don't have any honorable mentions. I just made a big old list. Oh, you just made a big old list. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, so I can start and we just go back and forth. Yeah, okay. okay. So my... Probably my favorite, favorite holiday movie, much like Roger from American Dad, is Smoky Mountain Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I must have watched it over a thousand times. Exactly. If you are unfamiliar with this movie, it came out, I believe, in 86. It features Dolly Parton and Lee Majors. Um, It also was directed by none other than the Fonz himself, Henry Winkler. What a combination. You I got, know. You got Dolly Parton, the $6 million man, and the Fonz. Yes. Um, In in a stretch for Dolly, she plays a country music artist. Oh. Yeah, I she, know. Wait, she's not, a, she's not a rock and roll artist? No, no. But she just put on an album last week. That I know. Oh, right? Contrary to that belief. It is. It's it good is. to see her have range. Exactly. So anyways, in the movie, without giving it all away, um, she's kind of sick of the limelight, though she wants to go away where she can have some privacy and work on her next album. So she goes and stays in a little cabin in the Smoky Mountains. And cue Lee Majors, who's like the local kind of um, macho guy riding his horse, but a good guy nonetheless. Um, They come to find that there is a group of orphans who have been living in this in this uh, little cabin that she's going to stay in. And there's two 
two kind of evil people in the town that are trying to take them down and Dolly and Lee Majors, they're kind of trying to help them throughout the movie. And it's just a big Christmas miracle. And nowhere available to watch it unless you got a physical version it's of it. It's on YouTube, I believe. Oh, it is on YouTube. I believe so. I mean, okay. it's not like officially on YouTube, but I think somebody posted it on there. <laughs> and there, nobody's going to try and take that down, so. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, so that is my favorite. All right. Well, since we're starting at the top, I might as well start off with my top one as well. Yeah. This should come as no surprise as we watch it every single year. Yes. We went to theaters to actually see this mm -hmm. in theaters uh, a few years back. And we should have went down to Rochester where uh, the particular star of this movie was uh, doing a screening of the movie in a yes. Q&A. Yes. Which would have been fantastic. It but been. I digress. Yes. It is, of course, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, I do have that one as well. It is my favorite of the four vacation movies. Yeah. Um, Vegas Vacation is actually number two. I know that's widely regarded as the worst one, but I don't care. I like that one too. The original one is third, and then European Vacation is fourth. Yeah. I um, Of course, the absolute worst one is Christmas Vacation 2. <laughs> but uh, the less we talk about that better. Yes. Of course, the whole idea is that it's not actually a vacation. Uh, the Griswold family is staying home, but their in-laws are coming in. Mm -hmm. And a whole bunch of shenanigans happen right from the start all yes. the way through. Of yes. course, the whole idea is that Clark wants to get a pool in the backyard for everybody. Yes. And after so many different shenanigans and of course Cousin Eddie and the whole family showing <laughs> up, it, it just leads to so many great moments that yes. uh, almost should have been a rated R movie, but it is PG-13. <laughs> Um, I again I think it's the the best vacation movie and just mm -hmm. my favorite Christmas movie that we always go back to it is hilarious there are so many good moments in that movie so up next I have Home Alone 1 and 2 hey those are separate well I'm talking about both of them at once All right, well. <laughs> but yeah that's like if there's any movie that puts me in the Christmas spirit it's Home Alone like that will just make me happy and want to drink hot chocolate and put up another tree <laughs> like it's it's just so good the first one, I mean, I was a kid when it came out. So, of course, the first one, like, as a kid, you're thinking about, like, all the crazy things you could do to, like, protect yourself and stuff like that. And as adults, you think about what jobs those parents have because, good Lord, who can afford that house? Um, And then the second one is so fun in New York. Like, there's something magical about New York in the winter, I feel like, that just ah, makes you feel like Christmas. I've never been there, of course, but seeing it on, on film anyways. <laughs> well, I had been to New York, but you I have. haven't been there during the Christmas time. Yeah. It was, like, deep in the heart of June. So, yes. like, you know, it's just, like, not the <laughs> opposite. Awesome. The time to go. <laughs> well, funny enough, I had Home Alone next. Yes. And I might also talk about Home Alone 2 as well, since mm -hmm. I have that down later in the list. Okay. But yeah, the original Home Alone, like, I know how much that makes you smile, and you've told me mm -hmm. so many times, it doesn't feel like Christmas until you watch Home Alone it 1 doesn't. and 2. It doesn't. Or at least the first one, if nothing else. Yeah. And there's just so many great moments about it. Another John Hughes movie, just yes. like uh, yes. National Lampoon's Vacation. Yes. <laughs> funny enough. So many movies he did. <laughs> and Chicago. They're, yeah. they're always in the Chicago land area. Yes. <laughs> or the suburbs. Yes. But yeah, just seeing how McCulloch Culkin uh, got his major start. Mm -hmm. Of course, he was in some bit parts before that, but that's besides the point. Yes. Um, you know, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci as the world's worst bandits mm -hmm. out there. Uh, just the original movie is just so fantastic. In a way, like so many kids of my generation wish that they could have spent Christmas like yeah. alone being able to have the house <laughs> to themselves. It gets a little scary sometimes when you're yeah. at that age and you're yeah. by 
yourself but there's so many great moments to it Mm -hmm. and of course home alone 2 is the same friggin movie but taking place in new york it is it is it's the same plot but it's still great it's still great you just change enough to make it new york but i do have to give it several steps down because of the cameo from donald trump (laughs) i was just gonna mention that (laughs) but it also does have tim curry so it it almost balances out it does it does (laughs) so what do you got up next um so i don't really have mine in any particular order from here so i'm just gonna kind of bounce around sure um another one that it is not christmas time until i watch this and i have made you watch it many a time is a very brady christmas that's a tv movie it's a movie still (sighs) smoky mountain christmas was a tv movie too i know just it's a movie all right okay all right fine i will preface this by saying i'm not even that much of a brady bunch person i mean i watched it once in a while growing up but i wasn't like a huge brady bunch fan but there is something about seeing them as adults and all their struggles and like having alice come back and kind of get everybody together and at the end like when uh the father uh what's his name not greg um mike mike thank you mike <laughs> when he's trapped in the building that's whoa, collapsed. Whoa, spoilers dude oh come on <laughs> when he's trapped in the building that collapses and they all sing together to you know make make the building uncollapse and bring him out somehow <laughs> if, if you don't cry during that you are a monster or you just uh realize how beyond belief that actually works <laughs> but it's just great it's just great i love it i understand <laughs> next up for me is a movie i've had you watch a couple times but i still don't think you've seen it enough it is scrooge i knew you were gonna put that i knew yeah yes uh bill murray basically doing a christmas carol uh but uh has such a great cast of characters uh the singer who does uh he got the fire he got the fire singing hot 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 is one of the ghosts yeah um you know just bill murray being an absolute bastard in this movie being a, a tv executive yes and just all the things that come with it it's just it's my favorite portrayal of a christmas carol yeah of course uh, a muppet's christmas carol comes very very close yes, and yes. i should have included them on this list but i well, didn't want to have the same style of movie twice so well, i didn't include this that. is you including it right now yeah i'm including it right now but <laughs> of course that has mike O'Kane on there uh playing bill murray's part which of course is uh, ebenezer scrooge mm-hmm. but yeah i love scrooged so so much it is a funny one it is a funny one i have enjoyed it when he played it up next i have black christmas Ooh. so this is one that originally came out in oh i can't remember what year but um and then it, it was remade in 2006 and then remade again in 2019 was there a sequel as well or am i thinking of something uh, else not that i remember anyway oh, i'm thinking of a different uh, christmas movie that you yeah. might put in yeah um i love the original and i love the 2006 version the 2019 version was fine but it kind of went in a different direction than the original and the remake or the first remake of not quite up there for me but i i love this movie it's if you're not familiar with it it's about takes place at a sorority house over the winter break and we'll just say the sorority girls start getting killed off <laughs> <laughs> that is a fair way to describe it it is it's been a long time since i've seen it but i maybe do remember saying, maybe <laughs> well in speaking of horror christmas adjacent movies okay i know this is probably on your list yes. but i got to it first okay i think our first christmas horror movie that we ever saw together okay. i could be wrong okay it is of course krampus oh yes yes krampus i don't think the trailers did a very good job describing yeah. how this movie is mm-hmm. but it is well like when we talked about thanksgiving last year the last week, yeah mentioned about how like black friday like they covered it so perfectly mm-hmm. 10 or 15 years late mm-hmm. krampus however was on the tail end of everything falling apart when yeah. it comes to going in store for black friday yeah so that opening scene where they have like the real life <laughs> stuff that happens mixed in with the stuff that they added 
wanted mm-hmm. was just perfection. Yeah. But just the whole idea of everyone being a bastard on Christmas, <laughs> everyone yes. being so detestable in their own way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. and it actually awakens the Kraken, or should I say the Krampus, if you will. <laughs> and just, I don't want to give everything away because yeah. it's still relatively new, yeah. but it is one of the better horror Christmas holiday movies out there mm-hmm. if you're not looking for something with bloodshed. Yeah. It's just fun, evil, and of course, Hail Krampus. Yes. Yes, this is on my list as well. And there are a few different movies out there with the same title, but we're specifically talking about the one that came out, I want to say like 2015-ish, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I would say it's like very visually pretty too, this movie. It just, it really kind of just invokes that Christmas spirit in you, you know? But I love it as well. Up next on my list is Rare Exports. Um. So this is a Finnish movie. It's kind of a horror movie. Um. It is about a boy whose dad is working on an excavation site near their house and they dig up like this feral creature that has that the boy is convinced is Santa Claus and yeah we'll just say the things uh go crazy from there he is not the cheery claws that you're expecting yeah, is, is this the found footage one or... no, no no okay I'm thinking mm-hmm. something else then yeah um yeah I remember the premise it's very very intriguing mm-hmm. have I ever made you watch this one? I don't think no. I have well, I will do that well I have a movie for you that you've never seen okay and you've should you should have seen it by now because yes. the particular director of this movie made a nightmare before Christmas. Oh, okay. And you avoided that like the plague. I did. For I did. so long. Then you finally watched it and then it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. I think that would also happen with this movie from director Tim Burton mm. known as Edward Scissorhands. Yes, I haven't seen that. It's a very dark gothic movie that it's like, it's modern times, but it also feels like a throwback to retro 50s and 60s. Mm. And of course, it is the last appearance of Vincent Price <laughs> in any form of media. Yes. So the, for that reason alone you need to see it that it's, is true. it's the last thing vincent price that ever did okay we got but, a couple movies we gotta make sure they're watching yes but it's it's part whimsical it's part dark tragic funny um if you also want to see mr evil dies tonight <laughs> uh anthony michael hall yes when he first got jacked nice he plays the douche of a boyfriend <laughs> in this movie he looks like a football jock in this one like oh, the tides when, turn how the tides turn from weird science and all the other john hughes movies Mm -hmm. but uh it's a very sad and tragic movie but it's also a very fine christmas movie as well yeah totally understand and since since you mentioned i might as well go off of that and nightmare before christmas is one on my movie list (laughs) um of course it's a little bit halloween a little bit christmas which one is it i'm a little bit halloween i'm a little bit christmas (laughs) (laughs) but yes yeah i mean like you kind of mentioned with edward's hands it's it's very gothy it's very whimsical but it's just it's just fun it's fun not nearly as tragic as edward scissorhands because yeah. it's a disney movie i mean you can't really have that unless one of the parents is dying that's true but you know it's a little messed up when you think about it too <laughs> i mean just look at zero i mean that's really tragic when you think yeah. about what happens to zero yeah. um other christmas adjacent movies mm-hmm. but you know what it is still a christmas movie and if you don't have this one on here i'd be absolutely shocked okay. gremlins yes i do have that on here yes. one and two is two a Christmas movie? I don't remember it happening um, during Christmas. I, I guess I remember it as a Christmas movie just because the gremlins kind of just give me the Christmas spirit overall, but well, that makes sense. I can't remember for sure. Well, the first one for sure yes. is a Christmas movie and just Gizmo is just one of the cutest gosh darn animatronics that's ever been made in Hollywood. Yes. I mean, in the Him way- Him and Grogu, like, yes. they could take over the world. Well, Grogu is not animatronic. But... Well, 
okay, fine, but you know. Yeah, but yeah, Gizmo is just ridiculously cute. And when you just see the gremlins uh, either eating after midnight or getting hit by water and just seeing the creatures that they become yes. is an abomination to God, but it's also just <laughs> hilarious as well. Yes. Um, you know, the first one's meant to be a little more scary and stuff, and the mm. second movie is just like breaking the fourth wall constantly. Oh, sure. The fact that there's a movie of Gremlins 2 in Gremlins 2, yes. and Hulk Hogan is sitting in the audience <laughs> for that. Just, it just goes completely off oh, the wall. But yes. I do love both movies Me too. so much. Me too. Up next. No, I... You're not going to say anything? About oh, sorry. I, yeah, I mean, I've loved this movie since I was a little, little kid. I remember being just a wee little toddler seeing this, and Gizmo was just like the most precious thing ever created. And I remember having like a Gizmo shirt when I was a kid. Like... <laughs> He's just so cute. And and I love the song that he hums. It's the sweetest thing in the world. But, True. And it's just funny. It's just hilarious overall. Like, it's kind of a horror, but it's also a comedy, but it's also adorable. It's everything you could want. Yeah. yeah. Up next is Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, yes. That had a sequel. Yeah, there's like five yeah. of those movies, I believe. Okay. I am talking specifically of the first one because I don't remember the other ones. <laughs> but um, if you're not familiar with it, it is a horror movie uh, about Billy who has a... A bit of a sight break, I guess you could say, and he goes on a murder spree dressed as Santa. I mean, who hasn't done that? Well, that is true. That is true. But yeah, it's just it's fun. It's it's not a great movie by any stretch, but it's a just cheesy, like guilty pleasure horror Christmas movie. Well, I still don't believe in guilt pleasures, but uh, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Exactly. Uh, next up for me is another holiday comedy movie, okay. which I could have sworn I made you watch, okay. but when I've brought it up in the past, you said you don't remember seeing it, so. Okay. You also do have a one-track mind, so I, do. I don't know if you remember it. Okay. Starring Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, Bad Santa. Bad Santa. I remember parts of it. Okay, that's more than the last time we talked about it. Yeah. First of all, Bad Santa 2 is an abomination onto God as well. <laughs> just like Christmas Vacation 2. They sh Those should not have been made. Yeah. But Bad Santa is just like a great movie. John Ritter's last movie. Yes. As yes. well. Uh, your girl Lorelai from Gilmore yes. Girls is the uh, the main female lead in the movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. Graham. Yeah. Um, it's just a really raunchy Christmas movie. It is. Uh, about the idea of like a stealing uh, from the bank vault of a mall mm -hmm. and so many shenanigans happen from that. So many things you can't talk about on YouTube, so I'll refrain from getting into it. But if you just know it's a rated R raunchy comedy and if that's your bag, awesome. Go check it out if you haven't already. And if not, I completely understand. Yeah. But either way, avoid Bad Santa too. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, Up next, I was kind of hesitant to put this because I like it, but I feel like it's grown too big for itself at this point. And there are people who are just like such massive fans of this that I don't want to be like stepping on toes, but Elf. Oh, Elf. Yeah. Like it's grown in. It's like a Broadway hit now, I think, or something. I think it. I think so. Anyways, I believe it's been turned into a, a play as well. Well, if Mean Girls can be a musical, why yeah, not Elf? Exactly. Exactly. But I feel like people are like obsessive about this movie at this point. And, and I'm not that that far, but I do enjoy the movie and I just love Will Ferrell. It, it, it's like the new version of A Christmas Story. That was yeah. the movie for so very, very long. Yeah. Now when you look back at it, there's a lot of color tugging moments <laughs> that happen in there, especially oh, yes. towards the end. But I think Elf is that movie right now where it's just like, it's the most beloved Christmas movie of the 21st century. Yeah, for sure. I didn't put it on my list, but it is enjoyable. Yeah. And seeing Artie Lang as a, a mall Santa was uh, great and getting that into a fight true. with Will Ferrell. 
Um, and speaking of movies that has the opposite effect mm-hmm. that people remember, but uh, I know we do, Vern. Yes. It is Ernest Saves <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't remember if this was originally a full motion picture or if this was on TV. I mainly remember it from TV. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just Ernest and Vern going on their adventures once again and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, helping Santa save Christmas before everything goes down in flames. Yes. And I just loved it so much. I thought it was the most, like, family-friendly of all the Ernest movies yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I still have a soft spot for the Ernest movies, and Ernest Saves Christmas is just one of those movies. Yeah, I, I remember enjoying it. I don't remember a lot about it at this point, but yeah, it was fun. Up next, I have Saint. So this is a Dutch uh, dark comedy slash horror. Um, kind of kind of like Rare Edwards. It's Basically, it's a Saint Nick that is not what you are expecting from Saint Nick. Um, he comes to life under a full moon on December 5th and kills all the children. So he's a werewolf. <laughs> Not exactly. Okay. It's, he's, he's, he's what he is. <laughs> that is fair. Yes. And finally, the last movie that I have that it is a Christmas movie. It has a Christmas theme, yes. but it's not really a Christmas movie. Yeah. But I'm still including it is Batman Returns. Okay. I think you're probably third of the 80s and 90s Batman movies. Mm-hmm. I, I still think uh, Batman and Robin is probably your least favorite because of Uma Thurman. Yeah, probably. But Batman Returns, of course, has Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, mm-hmm. which makes it in third place for you. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito is the penguin mm-hmm. uh christopher walken in there as well yeah oh got come from city <laughs> but uh, you know it all takes place during christmas time and mm-hmm. just it's not as good as the original batman 89 which i think is one of the best batmans in there and of course the full soundtrack from prince and jack nicholson is joker yes. there's so many great things that go about it but you know just seeing the way that batman deals with uh new villains and stuff while mm-hmm. still having that term tim burton feel but we've really talked a lot about tim burton and christmas movies we have we have <laughs> turn all this i wasn't really expecting that and i i didn't realize it till just now exactly but um yeah it's it's christmas adjacent since it takes place during that time but i still call it a christmas movie like it's yeah up next i have ginger dead man <laughs> Let me crack it's, open a cold one for this one. It is terrible. I will preface this by saying that. It is terrible, but it's just hilarious. I mean, it's about a gingerbread man that comes to life and kills people. What more can you want in life? Well, there's o- there's one thing that elevates it above the rest. There is. Who plays the voice of Ginger Dead Man? Gary Busey! Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that that just makes the golden writer. <laughs> um, up next, I have Christmas Evil. So, kind of similar to some of my previous horrors. It's about somebody who goes nuts and starts killing people there seems to be a theme there is a theme there is a theme and then uh kind of finally i have it almost wasn't christmas so this is another tv movie from the 80s It's about a girl who she lives with her mom in Chicago, but her dad lives in LA and she wants to make way out to dad see her dad and an elf, a Santa Claus, and an ex-con help her make her way out to LA. <laughs> Why does that almost sound like my girl too? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there's there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> it's it's not great, but I just remember seeing it all the time when I was little and it just puts me in the Christmas spirit. The only thing other thing I put down was in it, it's TV, so I wasn't sure if we were gonna include it, but like Rudolph, Frosty, 
stuff like that. Yeah, well, you see, it's like, the, I mean, by your logic, those are Christmas movies. Yeah. Because you included Smoky Mountain Christmas and Very Brady Christmas. But the thing is, they're also like a half hour long. So it's like, are they a TV program or are they a movie? That's why I didn't include any TV movies. Yeah. Yep. So, and of course, Charlie Brown Christmas as well. Yes. And if we do TV episodes and stuff, uh, those will be included again. Well, we already did. Did we? Or no, we did Thanksgiving. Yeah, we did Thanksgiving. Sorry. We haven't yes. done Christmas We have Christmas yet. still. We have this Christmas is the first yet. Christmas episode, Lynn. That's right. That's right. Yes. My mind's all over the place. <laughs> well, you did just get home from your venture. So. I did. I did. Well, that is our Christmas movies. Do you have any favorite Christmas movies that we left off? Mm-hmm. Is it all the Hallmark Channel movies? Is is there any Christmas horror movies that we've missed out on? And, what is, er, and why do you love Smoky Mountain Christmas? Yeah. What is it specifically about Smoky Mountain Christmas? Is it Lee Majors? Is it Let Dolly us, Parker? Is it the fact that Fonz is a director? Let us know down below. And speaking of getting messed up, there's a lot of messed up s- stuff that has happened in the past week when it's come to wrestling. Most yes. specifically, this past weekend. Yes. So, do we go with the should have seen it coming from a mile away story or the uh, story of hypocrisy? Um, I mean, both could be interchangeable. <laughs> but no, Um, let's start with the AEW related right. well, one first. I don't see how that's really hypocrisy, but... Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, oh, you're trying. Um, The thing that pretty much got us into wrestling together yes uh is officially canceled it 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 was a weekly show on youtube called being the elite now what was being the elite so as you said it was a weekly youtube channel uh episode or tv not tv but (laughs) youtube channel series series thank you i'm looking for the right word here um ran by the young bucks initially his videos about them and their travel, a lot of times with Kenny Omega as well. Um, at the time, they were in uh, New Japan, so it was a lot of traveling around there and Ring well, of Honor as and well. And Bullet Club. And Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, a lot about that. Then, kind of as they started um, getting closer to creating AEW and all that, then it started incorporating some other people as well. So the stories kind of changed over time. But it was great initially. I mean, we loved the Young Bucks. We loved Kenny Omega. We loved seeing their ventures. They were hilarious. We loved seeing the Bullet Club. And then a lot of people got involved that we just didn't care about anymore and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega basically weren't in it at all anymore. The- well, well, you're skipping over a lot as well. Okay. Because I feel like during the pandemic they really hit a new stride yeah. that was going on because they started incorporating the Dark Order yeah, and, see- and seeing how Brody Lee was able to break out oh, and become yeah. pretty much the star of being the elite. Yes. And I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing. Well, that's true. That is true. But it was- I feel like it was after they left Daly's place mm-hmm. and and the pandemic restrictions were gone. Mm-hmm. Everything turned to crap. Yeah. They started focusing on people who weren't even signed to AEW mm-hmm. that had no affiliation with the Young Bucks whatsoever. Yeah. And they basically just started doing stuff because the Young Bucks didn't want to film anymore. Yeah. And you could really, really get the impression they didn't want being the elite to continue on. Yeah. I think the more the Young Bucks step, uh, got away from it and the more Brandon Cutler kind of took on the role of being the man in charge of it kind of went downhill. Yeah. And of course, uh, the Young Bucks are going to be off for several weeks off of AEW programming for yes. reasons we won't get into because uh, that'll be spoilers. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's officially been said that uh, being the elite is not done. It's not on hiatus. It's officially over. Yes. And I dare say a year or two too late. 
great. Yeah, I would agree with that. I wish they would have ended on a high note. Mm-hmm, me too. But uh, definitely going out on a high note, huh? <laughs> well, like I was talking about earlier in the show, I have been working on my top 100 albums 2023. Mm-hmm. Of course, I already had everything written out. Mm-hmm. I did all the recording and everything. Uh, and my hours got completely messed up. And mm-hmm. last night, I woke up at 11 p.m. Yes. I went to bed around 11 a.m. And I woke up around 11 p.m. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I get a message from you. Yeah. And it, it just made me drop my jaw at the hypocrisy <laughs> of everything that was going on. But Mr. Cult of Personality himself. Yes. CM Punk is back in WWE. He is. And as Triple H said on social media, hell has frozen over. Yeah, yeah. So do you know any more about this? Yeah, so, I mean, we didn't, obviously didn't watch Survivor Series. Well, you weren't home. Yeah, but we wouldn't have watched it anyway. And I was sleeping, <laughs> yeah. so. Regardless, we wouldn't have watched it. Apparently, he came out the very tail end, walked out, and that's it. And that was the end of the show. That so, sounds about right. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't like he talked or anything like that. It's just that he came out at the very tail end. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> To your point earlier, I mean, this is something that he said he would never do. There's so many things he said against his company and how he would never return and stuff like that. But money talks. Money talks. And speaking of that, I did make this. uh, I'm not going to say what it is. Oh, I saw what you posted. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Uh But um, basically, he made a tweet about uh, WWE's deal about Saudi Arabia a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And now that's going to be coming back to haunt him. Oh, yes, it is. A huge part of his hypocrisy about Mm -hmm. going back to this. I feel like it's a money ploy because i think he's running out of money that makes sense that makes sense um i also get the sneakiest of suspicions that he's gonna be the one to defeat roman reigns maybe uh, after being undefeated for years upon years ever since we stopped watching yeah wwe he's been champion yeah and no one has beaten him including the golden boy himself cody rhodes Uh, I think they might have had Cody Rhodes beat Roman Reigns at some point. See, but I now, CM Punk, I really feel like is going to be the one to do it. Yeah, see, I don't think they would have had Cody beat. Like, I feel like Cody thinks he is way bigger than he WWE sees him. He had to finish the story, Lynn. He had to finish the story. Or <laughs> he did. <laughs> uh, so, what's your thoughts about CM Punk going back? I mean, he's a hypocrite. Like, unfortunately, I think he's kind of a terrible person for a lot of the stuff that he did at AEW and I, I think it's just another gross thing that WWE is doing by having him on the roster again. And it's not even just AEW. He did a lot of gross stuff in WWE yeah, yeah. Uh, to his uh, former best friend Cole Cabana. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of terror. Uh, he stands for a lot of things that I stand for. Yeah, yeah. But the stuff that I am against him on, mm-hmm. I'm heavily against him on. Yeah, yeah. And the scariest part about all that, the way that he is, mm-hmm. is he's straight edge. Yeah. Which means he's of clear mind yes. doing all this. He's not influenced by drugs or alcohol, mm-hmm. which you could blame that on. You can get sober and pretend to be a better person. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. No. This is him sober, and he's this much of a terrible person. Yeah, I mean, and I guess in a way, like, WWE is terrible too for a lot of things they do, so they've kind of found each other, you know? They deserve each other. They deserve each other. <laughs> and funny enough, uh, Rampage and Collision were also on on Saturday, going up against Survivor Series, so yes. I'm sure those ratings will be abysmal I'm sure. As I'm well. sure. Of course, didn't watch any of that. You were gone. I was sleeping, mm-hmm. so I have no updates on that. Yeah. And um, that's pretty much it for TV, movies, all yeah. that stuff, yeah, really. Yeah, we didn't really take in any new content this week, but hopefully next week we'll have some more. Yeah. All right, so up next in gaming, we don't really have any new games that we've been playing or anything. We've kind 
of been staying the course with the games we've been playing. But we did take a look at Black Friday deals um, over the weekend. Well, Friday before I left and last week as well. Didn't really see anything that great, unfortunately. No, like everything that I thought was going to be on sale technically was. Yeah. But abysmal, abysmal Black Friday deals. Yeah. Like uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yes. If you know anything about Ubisoft games, usually what happens is they get released at full price and mm -hmm. then they do like the deluxe, ultimate, all, all those kinds of different packagings as well. And then like a month later, it goes on sale for about half price. Yes. This year, Assassin's Creed Mirage was $10 off. Yeah, that is not the sale we were looking for. <laughs> no, I wanted the half price Assassin's Creed. Exactly, not, exactly. Not $10 off. I, I can wait. It's a short game. Yeah. I'm just going to wait on that. Yeah, I mean, and maybe they'll have different sales for Cyber Monday even or Christmas time, but Black Friday deals were not what we were hoping for with the gaming stuff. And a lot of the gaming stuff has just been making me upset lately. Yeah. So much so that, um, well, we did a lot of uh, budgeting over the past week. We did. We did. And I decided that uh, for the gaming subscription stuff, we're going back to basics. Mm -hmm. uh, for the PlayStation stuff, I went down to uh, PS Plus Essential, mm -hmm. which is just the base level stuff. You get the three free games every month yep. and you get connected online and then you also get like PlayStation deals every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, main reason for this is we saved $80 a year yeah. by going down. Exactly. Because it is now $160 for PlayStation Plus Premium. Yes, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. That's the price of basically almost three games. Mm -hmm. Three brand new games, which in a way could be looked at as a good thing, but it was $120 before, so they jacked yeah. up the price $40. That's way too much. It is. <laughs> so, you know, 10 bucks a month or whatever we got it for. I think it was 60 that we paid, 60 or 80, one of the two. Yeah. It actually just uh, transferred over today. Okay. So, yeah, um, much better yes. than, so yeah, we're saving $80 a year by doing that and potentially even more if it skyrockets up again next year. Exactly. Because it, it's not even been a year since they decided to <laughs> nope. up the price. So uh, that's pretty messed up. Yes. And the one that kind of breaks my heart a little bit, mm -hmm. because you took advantage of it for a little bit, but yeah. we decided to knock things down on the Xbox side to Game Pass console. Yes. Which is basically everything that you get for Xbox Game Pass, but just on the console of Xbox. So mm -hmm. you don't get to play it on PC. You can't stream it on your phone. You don't get EA Plus. Yeah. But I don't take advantage of a lot of that stuff. Mm -mm. And you did for a little bit, but yeah. then you kind of stopped. Yeah. Well, I played when, um, what was it? Power uh, Wash Power Wash Simulator. I, when that came out, I played it on my phone a lot. Um, And I've tried a few other games on there, but it's just not very uh, easy to play on the phone. So maybe at some point if I get a different handheld system, but as of now, I'm just not using it at all. So, and I, I play the Switch more than anything anyways. So I'm, I'm still always going to try to talk you into getting one of the I other uh, PC handhelds. Yeah. Are yeah. they expensive? Yes. Yes. But can you play everything on them? Yes. That's true. That's true. So that's true. That's something to think about at some point. And at some point. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe at some point when they become reasonable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's uh, pretty much all I got. I've just been playing uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden, mm -hmm. the man who erased his name. I've uh, been playing the mini games a lot to really uh, get the most out of it. Um, I believe our deal is either done December 6th or December 16th for Xbox. So um, it's still, I still have EA uh, Pass or EA Pass Plus. I forgot what it's called. But yeah. um, I still want to try out the uh, remake of Dead Space before we lose everything. Yeah. Because uh, that looks like a really fun horror game. And I remember mm -hmm. playing the original. I want to see. 
see how it's been updated. Definitely. But other than that, that was the only one that yeah. was a part of all of that. Yeah. So, you know, why not save that $80 and then save whatever it would have been from going down from Ultimate to Console and just go from there. Yeah. And on my end, um, Too Hot to Handle and Love is Blind were wrapped up a few weeks back, but still been playing Love Island. Nothing too exciting happening there. And then I've also started playing uh, some stories and choices, Romance Club and Taboo, which if you're not familiar with, there's kind of choose your own adventure storytelling stuff. Well, I remember Taboo being a board game, so this must be something this different. This is a different one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is different. Oh, all these ways to find the man that you really want in animated form. <laughs> All right, and our final section will be chat the music. Um, first up, we noticed that Glenn over at Prague Power uh, posted his top movie of the year. So we were thinking about going through that and kind of giving some reactions. Yeah, uh, like we mentioned in the beginning of the show, we did Dusk's top 40 last week. So we're going the more Prague Power way with uh, Glenn Halstrom's uh, Prague Power top 50 albums of 2023. Yeah. We did actually look at this one ahead of time Briefly, uh, before yes. you left. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had our thoughts and we're probably going to have some more of those thoughts i'm sure as well uh either recapping it just for ourselves or maybe some new thoughts over that has happened over the weekend oh yeah of course last week i didn't know hardly any of the songs (laughs) or Um, bands or bands sorry uh this week i know a few more i know a few more but there are definitely some that i just still don't know (laughs) yeah um starting off at number 50 is nebulae comes sweet with de luminaire uh dark orchestral pulse metal as he describes it i am not familiar with them i am not either Number 49, Sanguine Glacius with Maladaptive Daydreaming. Uh, symphonic death metal that I've never heard of. I have not heard of them either, but it, it could be something I enjoy. Yeah, and uh, he also mentions how they kind of have a Vulture Industries and Unexpect kind of vibe, so it's kind of got that avant-garde kind of feeling behind it, which I am not against. Uh, 48, All for Metal with their self-titled album. I am not familiar with them either. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't really say that I'm familiar with them as well, but it, it looks like it's... Uh, cheesy heavy metal so you know yeah. if, if that's for you if it's not for you you know eh, however that goes uh number 47 hypnos with shoal another one i am not familiar with <laughs> Uh, I've heard the name for quite a long time. It's very much on the ambient black metal kind of thing. Um, hasn't ever really been my bag, mainly yeah. because of production values and stuff, but yeah. maybe they did something different on this one. I might give it a shot. Uh, I'm more open-minded than you are when it comes to stuff like this. That is so. true. That is true. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, 46, Sacred Outcry with Towers of Gold. I have heard the name, I believe, but I don't know of this album. Uh, he describes it as power metal, but yeah. there's so many subsections of power metal it's kind of that hard to say true. what it is uh number 45 neablascaris with exul yeah i mean i'm familiar with them i have liked some of the stuff they did in the past i didn't really listen to this one i listened to it once because yeah. i felt like i was obligated to mm-hmm. i have fallen off the neablascaris bandwagon for reasons so mm-hmm. i never really gave this album a chance it yeah but um i have my reasons yeah so i'll leave it at that uh 44 i don't know how to pronounce this so i'm just gonna say H-M-L-T-D with the worm. Yeah. Um, Bowie on acid does not sound like my kind of bag. Mine either. Uh, 43, Crookishan with the living and the dead. Some very good Irish folk metal that I'm surprised you are more familiar with. Yeah, I am not familiar with them. Yeah, I think you would really like them. Uh, 42, Redshift with Laws of Entropy. Uh, yeah, 90s style prog metal is a great way to be able to describe them. I haven't listened to them in quite a bit of time, and I kind of just got reminded that they exist, so I might give that more of a chance. 
and I do not know them again. <laughs> I'm not on a good strike so far. Uh, it's kind of got like a 90s Fates warning kind of feel. Okay, okay. So you might enjoy maybe, them. Maybe, maybe. You might. Uh, 41, Omnirod with the Amnil Rise. Not familiar whatsoever. I feel like I've heard the band name before, but I am not familiar with them. Yeah. Again, I, I did a top 100 of 2023, yes. which again comes out tomorrow if you're checking this out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I cut the list down from over 200 mm-hmm. and I still feel like an utter failure for not checking out <laughs> enough music apparently because a lot of people are covering stuff that I just never even heard of let alone yeah. know yeah. they exist uh, number 40 Blind Man's Daughter with Kahel um, melodic progressive power metal I'm not familiar with them I am not either oh wow we're doing a fantastic we job here we are just doing wonderful <laughs> uh, Nuclear Power Trio with Wet Ass Plutonium uh, instrumental progressive metal I know at least two of the members of the bands um one's dressed up as donald trump one's dressed up as kim jong-un and one's dressed up as uh uh putin oh sure yeah they they dress up as like the evil leaders of the world <laughs> and uh do uh instrumental metal okay okay I'm, I'm not really an instrumental person for the most part but i'm sure that's hilarious well i mean with a name like what ass plutonium knowing that that what that's making that fun true. of i mean that it's it's all done tongue-in-cheek yeah uh 38 a band i almost made my top 100 yeah and i do love the album it is a lane with we shall remain oh uh, one of the few symphonic metal bands that still sounds like a symphonic metal band <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty good it didn't make my list i will say that right now but i i remember enjoying it though yeah they got moments that sound like nightwish and epica they have one song in particular that sounds like demi borgir with all clean vocals yeah it, it's really good stuff and i hope nothing but the best for them because they do fantastic stuff yes uh 37 i'm honestly surprised this would make a prog power list mm-hmm. uh blutas nord with disharmonia nahab the uh sequel album to the first disharmonia album that came out last year uh your favorite genre ambient avant-garde black metal <laughs> yes um, I do know of them. I, I know you played them for me. I, I don't necessarily remember liking them, though. Well, they have a lot of different sides to them. Sometimes yeah. they're straight up black metal. Sometimes they do goth rock. Yeah. Sometimes they do some of the weirdest black metal you can imagine. Yeah. And this is the latter. Yeah. On this particular album. 36, Aviations with Luminari. A band that I don't really know. I don't either. Uh, sorry, that's all I got. Uh, 35, <laughs> uh, Trevor Rabin with Rio. Uh, another one I am not familiar if I knew what band he was in, I'd probably know. Yeah. Uh, considering uh, he's on Inside Out, I feel like I should know, but I just, I got nothing else to add. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 34, Frozen Crown with Called the North. I, uh, oh, sorry. Um, I, I do enjoy Frozen Crown. I didn't listen to this one enough this year, so it didn't make my list, but I, I do. And wouldn't you know that they're going to be playing Prog Power next year? Yeah. Huh. Huh. I wonder if that's going to be a theme later <laughs> in this list. Oh. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy what they do. Great Italian power metal. Yeah. Just really cool stuff. Mm. Uh, 33, Silent Skies with Dormant. 33? It's at number 33? Inside joke that we'll talk about later. Yes. Um, yeah, this is Tom England and Vikram Shankar doing dark ambient pop yes um if you think adele writes sad dark <laughs> pop you haven't heard silent skies yes we'll hold your beer <laughs> uh, your thoughts so yeah i love tom england and i love most things that vikram is a part of i i don't know like i feel like in the right mood i could enjoy it a lot more but it's very much mood music for me though so it did not make a list i'm sorry i never know what that means with her it's mood music i mean i I, 
She has ways of describing things like we've talked about in the last couple shows. Not your cup of tea. Like, why would you even go for that kind of tea to begin with instead of just saying you don't like it? Instead of saying it's not my cup of tea. It's a whole thing. I gotta get out of this. I gotta get out of this. Okay, Howard. (laughs) I will say I enjoy the album and you might hear me talk about it later. I'm sure we will. In this year. It didn't make your list. (laughs) Come on. Oh, and I'll be hearing that again. Yes, you will. 32, Mondo Drag with Through the Hourglass. Another band I'm just simply not familiar with, but considering he talks about it with Pink Floyd moments, not not really my bag. Nope, nope. Uh, 31, Temic with Terror Management Theory. Uh, This is a new supergroup featuring past and present members of Haken, Devin Townsend, uh, Neil Morse Band, and more. Uh, This is a debut album, and it's some damn fine progressive metal in 2023 i know you haven't heard it no i have not you might like it you might not but um i think it's catchy enough that you might enjoy it maybe maybe uh 30 mind overclock with a blessing in disguise instrumental psychedelic prog not my not my cup of tea <laughs> mine <laughs> either <laughs> really anything that's psychedelic yeah. is not my thing me either even though you used to be a deadhead at one point in time but that's a subject for a different time uh 29 blackbriar with a dark euphony now before either of us say how we feel about this album yes the way glenn describes it is miss the early within temptation sound from mother earth question mark what is your thoughts on this um i mean i love the early within temptation sound from mother earth but this is not that at all like i feel like blackbriar is a band that is completely in their own category yes they're symphonic yes it's female vocalist blah 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 like loop them in with like everybody else but like they're so different they're like ethereal fairy like fairy tale music and Grimm's fairy tale yes yes not Disney dark like fairy tale and like I, I don't see the comparison at all yeah like if if I was to try to describe them and I do describe them uh yeah. later on you'll hear and stuff about that uh, later in the year mm-hmm. potentially this week or next week wink wink nudge nudge mm-hmm. um I find them to have elements of symphonic gothic an alternative metal rolled into one. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, I did a little read-up uh, that the uh, two key members of the band met at a Hailstorm show and decided to <laughs> create the band. That's funny. So I don't know if you like them less because of that, but uh, <laughs> that is how oh. they started. But no, I, I if you've listened to any of our previous shows, I've talked about them on multiple shows. I love, 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 love Blackbriar, and they, they have made my list, but I won't say where. It's number one. I guess you'll have to wait and see. It's number one. If it's not, I would be completely and utterly shocked, especially like with what you just said, how much you've talked about them. Yeah, we'll see. But, but you know, I've been wrong before. See what happens. Last year when we went over stuff uh, off mic because you weren't doing the show then, yeah. um, I was surprised about your number one because I didn't expect that to be number one. I expected a different album to be number one. So well, this I mean, could be the same thing. I do shock you pretty much every year with my top. You do. Number 11? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, coming in at number 28 is Love Bites with Judgment day another band playing prog power next year huh what a quinky dink have you listened to love bites yeah i'm familiar with love bites um i didn't listen much to this album though so i i can't speak of this album really but they're good they're good i basically just know them in name only because i've heard them in the past and completely forgot what they sound like i understand uh 27 lalu uh with your favorite prog album of the year the fish who wanted to be king ring <laughs> ring call me yeah, from the, the phone, phone book, book. <laughs> yes 
Um, yeah, it is. It is not my bag, baby. But I remember you doing the interview, and he seemed like a lovely human being. So if it's your thing, good on you. Seriously, check out my interview with Vivian Lalu if you haven't already. Yeah, he is like the French version of me. <laughs> like uh, we connect on so many different levels yeah. when it comes to gaming and music and yeah. Ziltoid. Yeah, and he was so, so nice. many things. Um, so nice. He goes more into the progressive rock realm of like uh, Yes and Genesis yeah. and uh, Gentle Giant more than I do. Mm-hmm. But we connect on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy this album. It did not make it into the top 100. There's a lot of albums that I'm very sad mm-hmm. did not make top 100. And as I'm not doing any uh, honorable mentions this year, this would have made it into the honorable mentions. Yeah. But that's the breaks, little man. Break, Break it down. down. Number 26, Sermon with Of Golden Voice. Uh, this is the sophomore album from this UK band. And this is one that grabbed me by the heartstrings and did not let go. It is yeah. very dark progressive metal like there's elements of like uh the progressive metal side of catatonia throughout this entire thing yeah uh there's moments of absolute sheer brutal death metal without the death metal vocals it's all clean throughout Mm. the entire album uh thematically it deals with everything from war to the state of the world to suicide and so much more so Mm. it really really hit me hard and i think it found a pretty good spot to my top 100 of the year but i won't go into where yeah i know you don't remember this one i don't i remember during the name i remember you playing them but but like, I just, I can't remember what they sound like. Fair enough. Uh, 25, Theocracy with Mosaic. I got the promo for this and I totally forgot to listen to it. Yeah, I, I like Theocracy and I completely forgot about this album this year, so. Nothing beats our Christmas music, though. Well, there you go. All I want for Christmas is my old job back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 24, Mercenary with Soundtrack for the End of Times. It's Soundtrack for the End Times, but uh, you know what? I'm gonna like landslide on this one. <laughs> Um, again, he does what both of us hate so much. Yeah. It's not the old mercenary, but it's still good. <laughs> Lynn. I think it's amazing. Um, has it knocked into my proper mercenary? No, not quite, but it, it absolutely has that mercenary sound. It is an amazing album. Tune in next week for my thoughts on the mercenary album. Oh. Uh, 23, Delane with Dark Waters. Um, I, Delane has been a band that I've never gotten too into. I mean, they've been fine. What we listened to from this one just didn't win me over, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know. It kind of the way with a lot of the female-fronted uh, symphonic bands, shall we say, like they've been going the amaranth route a little bit and it's just not not my favorite <laughs> yes um that is one of my biggest gripes in metal yeah is symphonic bands afraid of being symphonic anymore yeah like they all have to go the modern metal route they always have to look as sexy as possible they have to just put on a visual rather than an audible show yeah and i miss the symphonics and symphonic metal mm-hmm. it shouldn't just be holding down a couple notes on the keyboard to mm-hmm. create a symphonic sound when you focus on more industrial and modern metal stuff. I miss symphonic. Yeah. I'm glad there's some bands that do that and there will be plenty of those in my top 100 to show you the genre is not dead. Exactly. It just smells funny. (laughs) Uh, 22, Riverside with ID Entity. Uh, Kind of a counterpart to the new Lenatic Soul uh, album with how they both talk about AI. Of course, uh, Mazarius talks about AI in both albums. They both fit together. Uh, This one is more uh, really hearkening back 
to the progressive rock sound. It's not really hitting the progressive metal side that I really like from the band. Um, yeah, it's really got more of like an 80s synth sound, which um, it is on my list, but um, not as high as other Riverside albums have been in the past. Yeah. And I will always remember you saying you enjoyed watching them at Prog Power, but ever since you listened to them since, they have not been your thing, <laughs> which I don't understand. I See, I don't even remember liking them at Prog Power. <laughs> Maybe you were just delirious. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, they're just not not my thing. Not my thing. Uh, 21, Vandenberg with the self-titled album. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Adrian Vandenberg. I like Vandenberg. This album was, there was good on it, but uh, it didn't meet my top uh, 30. I, I, I'm doing my top 30 of the year, if you didn't know this already. Um, <laughs> um, well, we've talked about it on the show, but yeah. it's good to remind people. Yeah, Um, but I, I love Vandenberg, but this album just didn't quite make it. I haven't heard it, so I, uh, I can't go one way or the other. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a song and I know uh, I've you've had me play one of the new singles when it came out, but mm. that was it. Yeah, uh, twenty Tesseract War of Being. Uh, I can guarantee you any of the profits or proceeds from this album will not be going to their merchandising people. <laughs> oh boy, what a uh, what a debacle all that was. Right. Um. I haven't liked Tesseract since their second album, so that's about all I got. <laughs> yeah, they've never been my big. So. Uh, 19, The Raven Age with Blood Omen. Um, one of the guys from Iron Maiden, his son is in this band, and that's about mm. all I know. Yeah, I am not familiar with them. Uh, I know they've opened up for Maiden on a few tours because of, of that. Course. Of, of that, course. But, uh, <laughs> other than that, I, ha I really don't know. Uh, 18, Crowned Lands with Fearless. I haven't heard of this, but uh, he describes it as straight-up rush worship. So maybe there's something to enjoy there, but mm. I think there's only one rush. So yeah, I'm not mm. familiar. Uh, 17 DGM with life. I completely forgot about this album. They are a magnificent band and I should go check them out. And you know, when I do the refresh of my uh, top albums of 2023 sometime next year, maybe it'll be on there because they've always put out solid albums. Yeah. I, I remember liking some of their stuff in the past, but I, I did not listen to this one at all. Uh, 16 Camelot with the awakening. Yes. I mean, I, I love Camelot. I will always love the Roy Camelot more. <laughs> But um, I, I didn't get into this album. I just couldn't get into it. It just didn't sound like Camelot anymore. <laughs> I feel really bad about this because yeah. uh, Alex from Camelot, I consider to be a very good friend of mine. Yeah. And if everything goes right, we're going to be doing an interview very soon about a yeah. new endeavor that he's got going yeah. on. Uh, outside of him playing drums, it's a new endeavor. This is probably my least favorite Camelot album. Yeah. I feel bad saying that because the music is competent. Yeah. But again, like we've talked about the symphonic bands they're afraid of being a symphonic band anymore this is like a modern metal album instead of a symphonic metal album yeah it definitely went a different road and even though i like i said i i, I love roy with camelot because i felt like his voice just added kind of a darkness to camelot that i enjoyed but you don't like conception but i know i know isn't that weird isn't that weird <laughs> But I, but you know, I, I love, love the current lineup as well. It's just, this album just didn't, didn't grab me. Number 15, a band I completely crapped the bed on this year because I've interviewed them in the past. They've been in my top 100 before, uh, back when they were just called Cryptex, but the Cryptex with Nimbus. And I need to go back and check this out because they are an incredible prog power band. I am not familiar. <laughs> oh, you've heard them before. They, I? I think they even made your list one year. Hmm. 
I don't think so. I, I feel like they were close to it. Uh, uh, we we talked about them a lot. Well, I, I, don't I think you just forgot about them. I don't think they made them on my list, though. All right. Well, regardless. Yeah. Uh, number 14, Jason Beeler and the Baron Von Bliski Orchestra with postcards from the asylum. I don't know what this is. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Weirdo Prague, uh, as it's described. All right. Uh, 13, hmm, funny placement uh, that I'll talk about later. Uh, Redemption with I Am The Storm. Uh, this, of course, is the second album with the revitalized lineup featuring Tom England and Vikram Shankar. Yes. Uh, very dark progressive metal, but the way I describe it ever since Tom and Vi especially Vikram joining the band, instead of just complete being completely dark, there's elements of color and, dare I say, positivity that's going in within the band what? now. <laughs> yeah, like, Tom isn't just singing from the depths of darkness on this album, mm -hmm. which is very, very strange to me that yeah. he's showing some positivity in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed this album when I was doing my backwards marathon on Redemption. I gave this an S ranking, and I still hold true to that. I think it's one of the best albums that they've made. It's a band that I've never really dug into too much myself. I know you played it for me many a time, but I, I've never really sat down with them. I can't speak to it too well. <sighs> of course. <laughs> Number 12, Catatonia with Sky Void of Stars. Um, For me, this is an, a band that you have been trying to get me into for many a year, and it's a, a band on my list of bands I need to listen to. <laughs> But I have not done so yet. You like my twin so much. I do, I do. But I always go into the Andy and Ollie route. Twitter! Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Completely missing the point of what the song is about. <laughs> oh, I know what it's about. <laughs> um, for me, Sky Void of Stars is uh, kind of harkens back to my favorite Catatonia album, which is Last Fair Deal Gone Down. I don't know if that's considered a favorite by many people, but it's a favorite of mine because they go all over the map on that album. They go alternative rock, they go gothic rock, they go progressive metal. They go so many different directions on that album. Where in 2023, they kind of do the same thing, but it's through everything that they've done since that album and especially with how polarizing the previous album City Burials was with it being a lot more electronic I feel like this is the album that should have came out instead of City Burials but had that previous album never came out we might not have gotten Sky Void of Stars but basically it's like a 2023 version of like their best material outside of their Death Doom era, era but with all brand new material it's fantastic stuff and that's all I'm gonna say for now yeah. uh, number 11 another one of your favorite prog bands Haken with Fauna. <laughs> yeah, I'll make up a tea. Again, going back onto that. What is, like, there's so many different kinds of tea out there. There are, there are. How do you differentiate the kind of tea? I mean, they all have different tastes, and, you know, some of them I like the taste, some of them I do not. I will say this particular Aiken album kind of strays from the path over the last couple albums where they were focusing much more on the heavy progressive metal side. This album is a lot more of like throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And they go into more electronica, they go into trip hop, they go into jazz, and of course the prog rock quirky stuff, and you know, I know how much you love the quirky stuff when it comes to music. Oh yes. I do thoroughly enjoy it, so I'm not sure where I'd put it in their dis but I do enjoy the album. Uh, number 10, Sewin with Memorial. Yeah, this is the most mainstream album the band has done to date. Uh, they've, I've always considered them to be a combination of Opeth meets Tool. Okay. This time around, they really done away with the Tool elements and they became a little more mainstream. So a lot of the riffs are much more catchier. The, the There's a lot more hooks on it. Um, I think people outside of Prague, this would be the album to get into it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you might be able to appreciate stuff that they've done before. Uh, I know a lot of prog fans hate this album because it is so less prog, but that might be the reason why you might enjoy it. It's <laughs> yeah. because it's less proggy. Yeah. I mean, I know of the band. I know you've played them before. Never gotten into them before, but maybe, maybe this could be it. Maybe. Number nine, Winger with seven. The seventh album from Ooh. the band Winger. Is that it? <laughs> no, I absolutely love Winger. I love Hip Winger. Um, I won't say if this album made my list or not, but um, it was a good one. It was a good one. Well, looking at the video uh, thumbnail that he has, I really want that microphone. It is cool. It, if there's a way to like hook that up to the computer, I want that. That's That'd be cool. so cool. Um, And I want the guy standing there singing. I thought you liked uh, the other one more. Ooh. I forgot his name. The, the other guitarist of Winger. Oh, um... <laughs> See how off the cuff this is? Yes, yes. Um, oh goodness. Oh well that went over like wet fart but uh <laughs> my opinion on this album i do appreciate that it's on the heavier side it's on the proggier side um there's a lot of cheesy moments on this album though like too cheesy for my taste and i love cheese not as much as previous albums though but it's still there i mean it's still there and you're thinking of reb yes i, I mean reb is reb is is, is little too but kip is not fair enough uh number eight angra was cycles of pain i love angra this album just i I don't know like the songs that we listened to we didn't or i didn't listen to the entire thing but the songs that i did listen to like they were fine they were fine like some of them were definitely harder some of them were completely just like different than anything i've heard from anger before it but overall it just didn't grab me just didn't grab me this album is the darkest anger album potentially ever yeah and i think that's what kind of threw both of us off Probably. it covers some really heavy subject matter and yeah. when you watch the videos they even like harken back to like andre montos yeah. which it's really heartbreaking to think about. It is. It is. It's. It didn't catch my attention this time, sadly. Yeah. And maybe if I gave it more of a chance, it could, but it just didn't do that much for me. Mm-hmm. But I do have a feeling that Kiko's going to be rejoining Angra. Maybe. Because A, they don't tour nearly as much as Megadeth does, oh, so he's going to be able to be at home more. That is true. And I also feel like if that does happen, mm-hmm. they might put out their best work since Andre Montos was in the band. Maybe. If Kiko maybe. rejoins. But, you know, that could just be uh, a pipe dream. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to try to live that uh, pipe dream. Number seven, Karnataka. Karnataka. With Karmataka. Re- uh, Karmataka. That could be it as well. However you want to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, Requiem for a Dream. Um, one of your favorite movies of all time has become <laughs> uh, potentially a reference for a prog rock album. Yeah, I have not heard of them. <laughs> I haven't either. I, I only heard of them from this list. Uh, number six, Voyager. Fearless in Love. Um... I know we saw them at Prague Power twice. Twice, yeah, twice. Um, they were. I mean, they put on a good show, but their music has never been completely my thing. I mean, it, it, it's fine, but it, it's not something I'd go back to really too much. Though. Well, the earlier albums were much more on the progressive side. This one is like almost pure pop. Okay, it's like a synth pop album. Okay. Um, the reason for that is uh, they were part of the the big European uh music competition Eurovision oh, last year, okay. and they had a song that was on there, and they made it into either the top 10 or the top 20 they made it into the finals oh, wow. of eurovision okay. um which uh you would never expect from a band like voyager no and also sadly the singer of the band is struggling with cancer right now as Ooh, well okay. so they had to like cancel all their plans while he's oh, going through everything terrible. don't know what stage he's in but uh you know obviously hoping for the best yeah number five no spun with opus and considering what this is like i am kind of surprised i haven't checked them out before although the way glenn describes it is like 
like classic prog metal have been drawn to it like hillbillies to Mountain Dew makes me not want to check it out. <laughs> but uh, considering it has a lot of dream theater moments in there, I might need to check this one out. I, I don't know what it is. I know they're playing yeah. Prog Power next year, but uh, I'll give them a shot. Yeah, I've only heard of them from the Prog Power lineup. Though. Uh, number four, Arcvis with Approbation. Uh, another band I'm not familiar with. Uh, although um, I see there's similarities to Porcupine Tree. And uh, as you broke my heart a couple weeks ago, when it comes into <laughs> that, I don't think it would be necessarily your bag. Probably but uh, I'll, I might give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, Jalusic, uh, otherwise uh, known Dino Jalusic, uh, keyboardist and backup singer for Whitesnake, singer for mm-hmm. Michael Romeo on, on his album last year, mm-hmm. with uh, Follow the Blind Man. And I believe this is his, uh, I, I think it's his first solo album, but I could mm-hmm. be wrong on that. Yeah. But I love his voice. Yeah. I just haven't heard the album. Yeah, I haven't listened to this, but it sounds like something I could really get into. Yeah, very much so. Uh, number two, The Anchorette, with It All Began With Loneliness. I love this album. Um, the, the way that I've described it, and uh, you'll be seeing it at some points in the top 100, is like King Crimson, Opeth, and Pain of Salvation combined. Okay. Like, it goes into near progressive death metal. Yeah. It goes into more melodic prog rock and everything in between. Yeah. This, uh, I'm flabbergasted that this is a debut album because it feels like this is a band that's been around for decades. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoy this and I wish more prog bands would do something like this. <laughs> and I know you haven't heard it. No, so. I haven't. And number one, such a shock to me, but also not a shock at the same time. Yeah. And I feel like maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I kind of feel like you put this at number one to get people to talk and be uh, just to uh, get uh, the ratio up yeah. on it is Sleep Token with Take Me Back to Eden. Mm-hmm. Now you heard the Sleep Token album. Yeah. What did you think? It's not for me. It's not it for is, me. Why? I, I found nothing enjoyable about it. Can you describe any of it or are you just <laughs> going like that? <laughs> I mean I, I don't honestly like I don't even remember it at this point. I, I knew I didn't like it so it's out of my mind at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, anyways, um, people have called them Imagine Dragons metal. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the best way to kind of describe it. It's very ambient, atmospheric, pop, dark metal <laughs> with a very heavy emphasis on the uh, synth pop that Imagine Dragons has done. Um, yeah, the, the Imagine Dragon is strong in this band, but uh, they try <laughs> to do the ghost thing where they have like their own kind of cult thing going on. They got their own folklore, kind of like what Ghost does. Mm. but uh, just not done the way that Ghost does. And by that, I mean fun. This is not a fun band. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed the previous album, but this album went into a direction that was just, uh, I checked it out a couple times and there was a couple songs I enjoyed, but not enough for me to ever go back to it. Mm -hmm. And I know they're all over because of TikTok and, you know, they sold out their US tour in like 15 minutes or something like that. Oh, jeez. You know, they're gigantic on TikTok and social Mm. media and, you know, good on them. Any band making money in 2023 it's hard not but just not my kind of band yeah so that's uh glenn halstrom's top 50 albums of 2023 What, what are your thoughts overall um, I mean, I have a few thoughts. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we each have our own opinions and tastes and stuff like that, and that it is what it is, and that's fine. But part of the list, it's hard not to think he put on the list because they're playing his show or have in the past, or he wants them to in the future. Obligations, obligations, Um, while I am not the most worldly person with music, you are. You hear a lot of music. I do. And considering at least half of the list, you didn't even know. It's hard for me to not feel like he 
purposely tries to put bands on that nobody's heard of to kind of seem like he's a step above us all. But I also feel like he gets sent a ton of music because that he runs Prog Power. And that absolutely and that, could that be, be why. But I also feel like he maybe picks them purposely because they aren't heard by other people. And, and maybe he does that to, you know, promote them more or something. But it, I don't know. It, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, and we've kind of felt that way about Prog Power over the last several years or so for reasons that are disclosed and undisclosed. Mm-hmm. But uh, we keep it at that. Uh, yeah, I feel like I haven't done my job between last week and so many albums I haven't heard of and this week hearing so many albums I hadn't heard of. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll happen with my top 100. I'll be having a lot of albums I haven't heard of before. Maybe. So maybe it's all a rich tapestry. It could uh, be. Who it knows? Could be. <laughs> but, um, you know, what did you think of Glenn's top 50? Did he put some good albums on there? Some bad albums? Did he throw a sleep token in there just to get a rise out of people? Let us know. Yes. But with that said, if you're checking this out today on Sunday mm-hmm. or potentially checking it out on Monday, it is the most glorious two weeks of the year. Yes. It is Heavy to Briefing's top 100 albums of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone not familiar, if for some reason this is the first show that you're checking out, uh, starting on Monday, November 27th, I'll be doing 10 albums a day to cover my top 100 albums of the year. Mm-hmm. I'll be doing that Monday through Friday through this week and next week and taking Saturday and Sunday off just to make sure that people actually get a chance to see these and not skip over them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will be having this in the written version, which is the longest version. I have the YouTube version as well with uh, all 10 in one video. And then I'll be having the YouTube shorts and slash potentially TikTok videos as well too, where all the reviews are under a minute yes. for all you scatter mind, short attention span people. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to cover all the bases here and not this coming show, but the show after. In two weeks. In two weeks, we will be checking out our collective top 30 albums of 2023. Yes. Why are we going with a top 30? Because that's what I did. Yes. <laughs> It'd be weird for me to do a top 100 and you just sitting quietly for 70 albums. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless I want to just go over every album that I have on there and uh, hear a lot of uh, it's not my cup of tea or I haven't heard it or yes, I don't remember. Exactly. So we're doing it this way. So it'll be up to 60 albums, but I know we probably have some shared albums in there as well. Probably. Um, I imagine we're going to be going back and forth like we normally do. So look forward to that in two weeks. Yes. That's going to be really fun to do. And of course, uh, I think this is a good time to wrap things up. Uh, thank you so very much for tuning in to episode 20. Mm-hmm. At the time of recording this, I have no idea what we're going to be calling the show. Yeah, we'll figure um, it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, along with all of that, uh, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to follow Heavy to Briefings on all your favorite social media sites. Facebook, Instagram, Reds, Blue Sky, YouTube, and of course, check out heavydebriefings.weebly.com for everything Heavy to Briefings. And also just seeing how many people that are leaving the former platform known as Twitter, also known as X, due to all the neo-Nazism that seems to be running abroad thanks to Elon Musk, makes me glimmer in so many happy ways seeing that fall apart. Mm -hmm. And I hope he'll be dead by the end of the year because so many sponsors are no longer running ads on there and they no longer are a part of X slash Twitter. So forget that I was ever a part of it. Uh, I don't go on there anymore. Yes. But uh, until next time, for the Metal Fairy, this is Josh Runquist for the Heavy Debriefings Podcast saying see ya.